Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If my heart is divided, it chokes out spiritual growth. Now that doesn't mean, that's why I challenge you guys, that doesn't mean that you have to be weird as a Christian. All you think about, you can't watch TV, you don't read the sports thing, you can't have any hobbies, you're just going on for Jesus. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. We're supposed to be good parents. We're supposed to take a Sabbath. We're supposed to enjoy life and people and friends and a, a pool and a nice car. That's fine. But if my heart's divided, it's going to choke out you know what? It seems that there are endless distractions in the world. Satan seems to make sure that that is the case. He's the master of distraction. Sometimes the busyness of life can overwhelm us. We can become involved in so many things that it begins to affect us spiritually. In today's message, Pastor Mark warns us of the dangers of allowing the things of the world to choke the Word of God out of our lives. It can happen very easily and very subtly. Are you taking your spiritual temperature? Are the things of the world choking Jesus and His Word out of your life? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Are You Listening? doesn't work because when real life hits them in the face they go what was that all about the reason is they made no commitment second some people come to Christ because they come to a church service and they hear somebody say this there's two destinations one heaven with God and you'll go there if you become a Christian one separation from God forever and we use the H word hell and you go there if you don't make a profession and, and begin to be a follower of Jesus Christ and most people with common sense go, heaven, hell, I'll take heaven. So people go, okay, how do I get to heaven? And the pastor gives an altar call. I get saved. And when they leave that altar room over here, they have in their hand, to them, fire insurance. Now don't laugh, because that's not a bad thing, is anybody? I'd rather not go to hell, wouldn't you? So they become a Christian for fire insurance. But that's not what Christianity is. You see, they're not told... The real truth. One day Jesus was teaching a crowd like this. And there were masses of people. And Jesus said this. If you're going to be my disciple, here's what you have to do. Watch these three things. You have to deny yourself. You have to take up your cross, which means do God's will and not your will. And you have to follow. Lifestyle, me. And you know what happened? The Bible says the crowd... There's this huge crowd in a few moments. There's a few people hanging around. Why? No commitment. And notice the sun comes, scorches it. What's the end result of this? What's the end result of this? No 
growth. They're not really believers. It looked like it. It looked like it for a short while, but it was temporary. They weren't believers. Why? No commitment. Let me give you an example. By the way, in marriage, in marriage, those of you guys that are married, when we go through a premarital thing with our couples, it takes four months to go through it, you know, before we marry people. When, when we go through that, we talk a lot about commitment. Why do we have people that um, don't stay married? You know what one of the main reasons is? No commitment. Let me give you an example. When you get married, and here's what people think. Well, I'm a Christian and my spouse is a Christian. We're going to get married. Marriage is going to be easy. It's perfect. Is marriage the hardest thing you've ever tried in your life? This year, Linda and I will have been married 40 years. If you're not committed, you'll never stay married. It's not about love and kisses and bouquets and flowers. and It's all those crazy. It's wonderful. But without commitment, forget it. Well, I don't feel the same way I used to be. Forget it. It's not about feeling. It's about a commitment that you made to your spouse and God. That's why it's hard. So all these people, they come from the prayer room. And they came for the wrong reason because somebody gave them mistruth. And they came because they wanted fire insurance. And all of a sudden we discover in this parable, when they finish, what happens? Somebody says, well, wait a minute. The, the sun came, which represents trouble and persecution. Nobody told me when I became a Christian it's going to cost me. That's the problem. Write this down. You know it. It will cost you to be a follower of Jesus. But it will cost you more not to be a follower. Now, I'm not saying to you it's impossible to live. It's a great life with God helping us. It's incredible. It will cost you. But without it, it costs you more. Here you have no peace. You have no purpose. You have no understanding of life. You're doing life in your own wisdom and strength. How foolish. And eventually you'll be separated in forever. It will cost you greatly. But it still costs me for persecution and trouble. We have the same kind of trouble everybody else has. So understand what Jesus is saying. Jesus says it's always going to cost you. So what, what do we find with this story? This soil? Superficial. Never really a commitment to Jesus Christ. It was no true repentance, no faith, because it was based on this illusion of what the Christian life is like, and there's no commitment. It's an event, and here's where you can categorize these people. You'll say to them, are you a Christian? Yes, I became a Christian in 67, or 85, or 93. You know what I'm going to say to them. I'm not after that. I'm asking you today, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Well, what do you mean by that? When that question comes, you already have your answer. They're not in church. There's no fruit. Did you notice? Did you notice? There's no growth. It all wilts. Now, I'm not saying that negative. I'm just telling you the truth. So the first one is... Hard heart. Second one's kind of superficial. What's the third one? Well, look at it. It's called the divided or a crowded heart. Verse 22. The one who received the seed that fell among the, here we are, the thorns, is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth, joke it, joke it. And make it unfruitful. This is a very interesting one. You see, when a farmer was preparing the soil, he would go and remove the rocks and whatever, and all of a sudden he would 
he would see weeds. And if you, I remember when I was a kid, I picked weeds. Of course, I picked the tops off. You remember that, don't you? You didn't dig down too much. If it was easy, you got them, but you pretty much left the roots down there. And this is what would happen here. Somebody went out, and then they cast the seed, and you go by, and all of a sudden, you see this growth in a few days, and you go, wow, great. You go back two days later, and something else is equal. It doesn't look like the seed you planted. It's a weed. You go back two days later, which has grown more? Here's the weed, and here's your plant. Why? Because the root has been there how long? Forever. And all of a sudden, what do you find with this little plant? It's choked out. It can't get to any of the nutrients. The weed gets it all. Now, what's the spiritual application of this? Hold on, because you have to put your thinking cap with this one. These individuals received Jesus into their heart. They seem to be receptive to the gospel. They make this great start, and you see this growth. But then these thorns or weeds represent something. Worldly cares pleasures, and a desire for other stuff. So as you see these people, Satan comes and they're doing good. You see them coming to church. Great things are happening. All of a sudden, they become preoccupied, oh, not with the spiritual things, but simply with the things of the world. Not bad things, not sinful things, just stuff. And all of a sudden, by this Soil, you can just write this word, the busyness of life. The busyness of life. What does the busyness of life do? It comes in and what? It jokes the spiritual part of life. Not bad. It's not sinful stuff. It's my job. I need more education. I need a bigger car, a bigger home. I need a pool. I need to get the kids in Little League and softball and soccer and, and I got to be golfing twice a week and I got to get the new club and I, I got to make craft shop and whatever. All those things are good. Not a thing wrong with any of those things. They're all fine if they're in the right priority. But God used to be here and now God's here. And the stuff of the world, watch me, here was, the, here was your relationship with God. And you kept the world, you and I kept the world in bay. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, here's the world. Here's all the busyness of life, and here's my spiritual world. Well, I'll get to church, and by the way, how, how quick does that happen? Oh, it doesn't happen like that. It happens like this. I'll never forget, this is probably 15, 18 years ago now, when I used to teach um, a couples fellowship, and we'd have 100, 150 people in that class, and we'd have a wonderful time. I'd break them up into 10 groups, and we'd teach every week, and just neat stuff happened. Well, one year in June, or maybe it was April, or May, I mean, we would stop the group and pick it up again in September. So one year, I took the, the role of people, and I just picked it up in September to see who the new people were coming back. And I was shocked. Now, some people had moved out of town during those four months, like we all do, people are moving. But when the new group started in the fall... There was all these couples, well, that were here and they were in the small group and they had great comments and their marriage was healthy and they were doing really great things. And not only were they not in the couples fellowship anymore, they just weren't in church. Well, how can that be? Because the busyness of life choked their spiritual growth to nothing. How can that be? How can good things do that? It's because the pull of the world is always 
after us. It's always there. Now, here's a question, and I want you to think about it, and I'm going to move right past it quickly. If my heart is divided, if my heart is divided, it chokes out spiritual growth. Now, that doesn't mean, that's why I challenge you guys, that doesn't mean that you have to be weird as a Christian. All you think about, you can't watch TV, you don't read the sports thing, you can't have any hobbies, you're just going on for Jesus. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. We're supposed to be good parents. We're supposed to take a Sabbath. And we're supposed to enjoy life and people and friends and a, a pool and a nice car. And all that. That's fine. But if my heart's divided, it's going to choke out you know what. Well, when you think about that in your life, we come to a question, and this is one that I'll let you decide. Is the person in soil number three a believer or not? I'm not going to answer because I can't answer it. Only God knows. Remember, God's only knows the heart. But let me just give you a couple of illustrations. At best, this person received the word, began to grow. Good things happen in their life. But what is the end result? So at best, their 1 Corinthians 3, they're a carnal Christian. What does a carnal Christian mean? It just means that when you get to heaven, the door slams right behind you. And you go, whew, made it in. <laughs> but then when you stand before God, God says, 1 Corinthians 3, God says, where's your fruit? I don't have any. You're exactly right. No rewards. You say, well, it's no big deal. You're in heaven. No, you miss it. See, the joy of life is being used by God. I enjoy this more than anything else. I enjoy serving God. That's where fulfillment comes from. So if I have to stand before God and go, I really didn't care about anybody else but me getting into heaven. Uh, sorry. Is that okay? And here's God with his, Jesus with his nail-pierced hands, and you're looking at that and saying that? I don't think so. We will be devastated with that kind of an attitude. So at best, this is a carnal Christian. What's the worst scenario? They think they're a believer, but they're not. How serious is that? Very serious. Well, I make it to church when I can, Pastor. But you know, my, my business, it's booming, and I just have to really spend a little more time over there. Yeah, devotions? Well, when I can get to it. Really? Really, Christian? I forgot. No. Then we come to the fourth the fourth one's the one I love. There's always good news from Jesus. You see, in the last situation, there's no fruit, probably because there's no root. If you have no root, how could you ever have fruit? Number four is a productive heart. Look at verse 23. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word, here's the key, circle it, and understands it. What does understand mean? It means does it. He not only hears it, but he understands it, and he performs it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Well, so what that means, simply, this farmer went out, he prepared the, the, the ground, he worked on it, it wasn't too rocky, got rid of the thorns, uh, he watered it, he did all the rest of the stuff, the seed went in and it produced. That's what the goal is. Production. 
spiritual application, these are the people that Jesus was incredibly excited about. These are the ones, he says, I can trust the spiritual truths to who would carry on the kingdom. You see, if you don't understand these principles, you can never carry on the kingdom of God. And this is the sad thing. People have been in church 30, 40, and 50 years, but they still don't get it. That's because they, they've heard it. You, some of you could tell me this story by heart this morning, but you've never understood it. How sad. So Jesus says, no, no. They hear it, and they get this spiritual understanding, and they make a change in their life. Notice, the characteristics of this soil is they hear the word, they're open to the truth, and they're ready to change. They accept it, they believe it, and they put it in practice. They're not just hearers. But they're doing. And what happens? The word makes a difference in their lives. The word is alive. It's alive. And hearing and doing and fruit is being produced. That godly character and that godly giving and that godly praise and that godly witness. That stuff's being produced and you can see it. It's so evident. And Jesus goes, that's my goal. That's my goal. Let me give you three keys to this parable. Then we're through. Here we go. Number one. And this is very important. Three keys. This parable reminds us that we have three great enemies. Do you know as a Christian and an unbeliever that there's an enemy against you? Here's the three enemies. Number one, Satan, the devil. Number two is your own carnal nature. Even if you become a Christian, you still fight that. I do. I don't want to be committed. I want to do it my way. And number three, it's the world system. It squeezes us into its mold. Pretty soon I begin thinking like the world. More is better. All of this kind of stuff. Don't commit, just do your deal. Remember in the parables we just saw. Notice, it reminds us of three great enemies of the gospel. The devil, man's flesh, our sinful nature in the world, the cares and seed of riches. In the first illustration of the soil, it was hard soil. Who came and stole the seed? Satan. There's your first one. The second one, the individual, well, there was a little joy initially and it started, but pretty soon, what happened? The sun came. And man went, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be committed. And there's my flesh saying, no way someone's telling me what to do. And because of that enemy, the person lost out. How about the third one? Well, the world system says to this person who becomes a believer, you know what? Uh, this Christianity stuff's good, but you got to modify a little bit. D- don't get too deep in this stuff. I mean, you still got to make a living and you got to prevent yourself and you got to take your business and move it up to the next thing or you got to have this new home and that, that's not going to satisfy you. And pretty soon what we find? That the world just comes in and, and it does what? You remember? It jokes my spiritual growth. That's the enemies. That's the enemy. By the way, let me stop right here and say this. That's the enemy for people who aren't believers yet. Did you know this morning those three things are still your enemy as a Christian? When I taught today... We'll come back to this a little while later. Remember the little garden? You're a Christian. You're a believer. Remember your little garden? Could your little garden ever have a hard heart? Absolutely. You hear a truth, you go, no way I'm changing. And so as a Christian, I can have a hard heart. When the word's produced, boom, no way. Second, could I kind of have a superficial heart as a Christian? Sometimes we teach on giving when we get to it in the Bible. And you tithe. And you're all excited about tithing because God's ministering to you and you're giving 10% off the top and you're loving whatever and you do it for a week and two weeks and three weeks and pretty soon, fourth week, your car needs four new tires. Well, God, you know, tires, you, hmm, tires, God. Fifth, sixth week, pretty soon it's back to, whoops, there's, it's superficial. Could that ever happen to Christians? Well, sure it happens to all of us. 
Seed goes, all of a sudden what happens? Cares of this world come. Just the normal busyness. We're all busy, like crazy. And pretty soon the busyness of the world, good stuff just comes in and chokes the world. So as a Christian this morning, every time you hear the word, you have to check your heart. So do I when I get ready to teach it. I have to check my heart. Number two, this parable reminds us that not everyone will be converted when they hear the word. How do you feel about that? In fact, if we use the percentages, and we can't directly, but let's just think about it. How many types of soil did I talk to you about this morning? How many? Four. At best, how many people really became Christians? If you call number three a a current Christian, how many became? 50%. Let's use the worst case. The first three don't. What percentage of that is that? 75% of the people that hear the word go, "Uh, man, I can become cynical. I can become discouraged. I can go, forget it. But wait a minute. 50% or 25% become believers. Their lives are changed. They have great impact forever. So why is Jesus doing this? Why is he saying to his disciples, listen up. Here's the response you're going to get when you share. Not everybody's going to jump on board because there's an enemy. So that causes us to do what? Pray more. Also, Remember back to the other illustration when you're a Christian and maybe you get side-laid or all of a sudden your commitment wanes or you have a Christian friend, you know what they can do to you? Let me help you tear up that hard heart. Let me encourage you, come alongside with me. That's right. When we see people, we help one another as Christians. We can see somebody else. Now, we have to be careful. Remember the log in the eye and the, you remember, can't be always going, what's wrong with you? you got to get our own life first, but God does help us do that. Third thing, this is positive. Understand it. It reminds us that those who hear and obey will produce fruit. Incredible. You'll be productive. You will. Amazing. Amazing. You say, well, is that positive? Well, look what Jesus says. My true disciples, it's John 15.8, my true disciples produce, tell me, how much fruit? Much fruit. And this brings great glory to God. You are growing, you're maturing, you're servants, you love God, you're taking notes, you're giving, you're inviting, you are bringing glory to God. You're doing incredible. Just keep a look at your heart. As a Christian, what's growing? Every time the gospel's presented, four reactions. Hard heart. Superficial. Divided. Or fruitful and productive. It isn't easy to follow Jesus Christ. It costs us something. Jesus told us it would. But we learned in today's message from Pastor Mark that it costs us even more not to follow Jesus. He shared with us some important truths to remember regarding the parable of the sower. First, the gospel has enemies. Second, not everyone will be converted even though they hear the gospel. Third, only those who hear and obey bear fruit. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. 
or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Jesus told a parable regarding the wheat and the weeds, and he said, let both grow together until the harvest. Well, in the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will correct some erroneous thinking regarding this parable. Some people mistakenly think that Jesus is talking about the church and that we should not point out false doctrine in the church. Pastor Mark will help us understand this parable and how it applies to us today. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. in a hurry.